Welcome to the YouTube Creators Hub Podcast, where we help you conquer the internet one video at a time. We cover everything from how to start a YouTube channel to how to make a video go viral. And now, here's your host, the one and only Dusty Porter. Hello, creative folk of the internet. Welcome to episode 16 of the YouTube Creators Hub Podcast. I'm going to jump into the interview portion of the show pretty quick like this week, but I do have a few things I want to mention. I've changed up the Patreon campaign a little bit to offer some channel observations and channel reviews from myself. If you want that, go on over to our Patreon page and check that out. Also, we are sponsored this week by Audioblocks.com, the company that allows you to find the greatest and latest music beds, sound effects, music loops for your creations on the internet. Also, guys, we have a phone number now for you to call in and get your questions posted on the show. The number is 518-945-8659. We'd love to have you guys call in as soon as next week, and we'll get that question on the show, and we'll answer it if we can. And this week, I want to focus on one thing and one thing only, and that is show consistency. When you're creating content online, whether it be audio content, video content, or a written blog, whatever that content is, you need to be consistent. If you're not consistent, how are you going to build the trust with your audience? You aren't. That's the answer to that question. You cannot build trust with an audience and get them to be your raving fans without consistency. If they come to expect two videos from you a week, you need to produce two videos per week. I mean, that's just simple as that, guys. If you're creating content online, consistency is key. I'll have people emailing me, hitting me up on Twitter. Why isn't my channel growing? Why do I have five subscribers? The reason behind it is because you're impatient and you're not creating content consistently. It's not going to happen overnight. I mean, obviously, if you have a viral video or something like that, then it may, but it's not going to happen overnight. And you guys, you have to be consistent with your content. You've got to produce that value. You've got to produce that content for your audience. If you don't, there's no way you're going to grow an audience, a community, which is what this is about. And how can you change lives? How can you impact people if you're not creating consistent content? You can't. And the last thing that I want to mention, probably the most exciting thing I'm going to talk about today, is that I am launching and have already launched a new podcast. For people looking to launch a podcast, grow a podcast, or maybe you're just interested in thinking about stepping into the podcasting realm, Well, I've got a great show for you. It's called Podcasters Unplugged, and it's got the same structure as this show for video, but basically it's for podcasting. So if that interests you, go on over to podcastersunplugged.com or search for it. I'll have the link in the show notes. You can search for it. It's already on iTunes, and I would love to have you guys over there as well. So with that rant out of the way, let's go ahead and jump into the interview. Hello and welcome to this week's portion of the interview section of the show. I am honored to have Mr. Brian Zane with us this week. He has been in the independent wrestling scene for years now. He is host of Wrestling with Regret on YouTube, has over 130,000 subscribers and over 200 videos uploaded. He takes a humorous look at the worst in professional wrestling. Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, and I'm happy to be on this very cleverly titled portion of your show called the interview portion of the show. Uh, that's that's what I'm here for. Thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> Absolutely, Brian. Thank you so much. So, how did you get started on YouTube? Well, you know, I've been you know I've been one of the early adopters or early fans of YouTube ever since it it, it first debuted. Yeah, because it came out right around the time I was in college at the University of Oregon. 
and you know i was doing stuff with video i was working out my, my my major there was journalism with an emphasis in like digital video communication and stuff and so i was able so i just did a lot of stuff with video and i saw this youtube medium and i saw how well you could get the message across with that so i kind of fell in love with youtube early and i always wanted to do something with youtube i kind of dabbled in it when I did stuff, when I was doing stuff more regularly in the independent scene, doing stuff for my wrestling character. Um, but in the last few years, I always thought, man, it'd be cool to do like a, a wrestling YouTube show because one of my biggest influences, a couple of my biggest influences are guys like Doug Walker, the, the nostalgia critic, and uh, James Rolfe, the angry video game nerd. And just that genre of like guy talking about um, – you know, the worst of a certain genre. I'm a big fan of those kind of things. But as I was looking around at some of my favorites, there's like one for almost every genre in the book, every kind of medium in the book. But I didn't really see anything about wrestling, which is my biggest passion. And um, I thought, well, you know, I have this background in television production. So, like, why don't I do it? I think I'm pretty funny. I can make some good jokes. So, <laughs> you know, I, I understand how it all works. And being in the business, I have a different insight than your average fan. Uh, so yeah, I figured I would give it a try and, you know, I think I was, that was kind of where we started it. Um, just trying to fill that void. Like there's plenty of people on YouTube who talk about wrestling, but it's usually like one of two things. It's usually like a podcast in video form. So it's all audio based or it's just a guy in front of their webcam with zero production quality, uh, zero production value. Just talking about how crappy Monday night's show was. Uh, and they're just kind of going without a script or anything like that with no editing, no audio or video cues or anything like that. So I thought I could do better than that. And so that's kind of what, what set me off. It was a combination of wanting to fill the need of a nostalgia critic of wrestling and also the fact that nobody else seemed to be doing it at the time. It's so interesting talking to people, especially in spaces that I'm not very familiar with. I mean, I used to watch wrestling as a kid and, you know, obviously people like The Rock and, you know, people like you who know wrestling obviously know that it's just mainstream and that's the only reason why I know that. But it's so interesting to speak with people whose space is so different than mine because, you know, a lot of the same principles still stay in place when creating the videos, but the content and the topic is so different. And watching a couple of your videos, you are funny. You, you definitely have a good comedic value with your videos, uh, and that definitely stands out. But why don't you tell us briefly, uh, real quickly, what is the Wrestling with Regret show, and how did that come about? Well, like I said, I think at the risk of sounding a bit like a like uh, someone whose work is inspired by somebody else or lovingly ripped off, I think is, is the phrase I would use. It's you know, it, like, like the Nostalgia Critic or Todd in the Shadows or Phalus, but it's about like wrestling. Um, you know, and it's just like you take a look at the silliest and strangest things that have happened in professional wrestling, more or less than over the last like 20, 25 years, because that's kind of my wheelhouse. Um, and yeah, I just kind of take a look at storylines and characters and not even just stuff within like wrestling programming, things like movies with wrestlers in them, uh, TV shows about wrestling, um, video games with wrestling in it stuff like that. I also do like song parodies about wrestling and I do, I, I've branched out so much in the last year or so. I do a cooking show now, basically. I've got a series of videos where I cook items out of the cookbook the WWF published back in 2000. I do one at a time and I'm like, I cook them and test them out and stuff. 
and I do little editorials on like advice on what to do when you're in the wrestling business if you're just starting out. Because I get a lot of questions. People ask me, oh, how do I become a wrestler? How do I become a manager? And so I answer those questions too. So it, it's evolved from just me doing you know, long-form reviews on crappy storylines and crappy movies to this kind of thing where there's something for everybody. So that's great to transition into this next question that I have for you. How has YouTube helped your business or how has it even become a small business for you? Well, it's definitely become a business for me because I have a day job. I work a nine to five at a TV station in Reno, Nevada, but uh, this show is pretty much a second job for the amount of work I put into it. Um, you know, off the clock, we want to not do my nine to five and it's, uh, you know, it, it, it is like a small business because it does generate money and there is a lot of sweat equity more or less. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of time taken for the creative process for writing these things and coming up with a subject matter. So it's it definitely, um, it's definitely become a business. That's the best way I can really answer it. And it's like, but I, at the, at the end of the day, I still have to treat it like a hobby because I, as 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 well as I'm doing with this show, I don't want to suddenly quit my nine to five and become a full time YouTuber because I have no idea when the bottom's going to fall out. Yeah, exactly. That's what I tell people. You know, you can't put all your eggs in one basket, regardless of whether it's YouTube, the the mega giant that that it is, or anything else. You know, you want to diversify your income streams. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, I basically have to keep treating it like a fun hobby, um, which sometimes I have to keep putting in perspective because sometimes I do get so wrapped up in it. Uh, in the future plans and like what I'm doing with certain videos, like, oh my God, how is this going to be received? And I have to remember, it's, like, it's just really, it really, at the end of the day, it's for me and like the friends I want to make laugh. And so I happen to have gathered a huge following along the way. Absolutely. And and one of the things that I've noticed about your channel is, you know, my channel that I do on technology is more of a search-based channel, which is different than like what you do. You've built this amazing community and all of your videos, even videos that you've posted just a week ago have, you know, hundreds of thousands of views on them. And, and that tells me that your community is patiently and anxiously waiting your content each and every week. And they consume, for the most part, all of the stuff that you release, which is really interesting. And speaking of the business side of YouTube, what are ways that you monetize your channel? This is interesting stuff for our listeners as they're always looking for ways to branch out and find other unique and creative ways to make money from creating their content. Well, you know, I mean, as far as how I monetize my videos, I guess it's just I check the box and I hope for the best because, you know, I do use a bit of copyrighted material. Um, and in the past, I have plenty of videos I can't make money off of because I use the material. But over time, I've just kind of gotten smarter to how it all works because I've learned you can't put up a clip of a 30-second uninterrupted clip of like a wrestling match, you know, and 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 that's that, that, that's not okay, you know. But I've learned about you know the 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 fair use and everything. That's kind of how I've managed to monetize a lot of my videos. And over time, like I said, I've I've branched out into doing things not just looking at like WWE. Like I do stuff where I cook things and I, there's everything in my kitchen and you know I do editorials that don't involve any other other footage other than what I'm saying. Um so I guess that's kind of the way I've been monetizing it. And just in other ways of of developing income, I guess it just comes with like diversifying your, 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 uh, material. Like you said, like I do unboxing videos where I have promotional codes and, um, I've worked with other websites that, that use influencer marketing to try and uh, increase their base. So, you know, it, it's, 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 there's a lot of different ways you can do it. Um, 
but the first thing, if your base is just YouTube, if that's kind of like the, the core or the, that's the that's the foundation of your business, it's all about just knowing is not being stupid, not being dumb, especially if you're going to be using copyrighted material. So let's talk about that for a minute. I haven't really discussed that much on this show. What are some strategies and techniques you've used to help yourself avoid the copyright strikes? And and maybe you can explain more what it means to get a copyright strike and obviously the downfall of that happening to your channel. Well, you know, there's a lot of different variations of what happens when you get dinged for copyright. Um, best case scenario, if you get caught, the best case scenario is you can't make money off it, but the copyright holder can. And you can dispute that stuff if you want. Chances are you won't win it unless, like, you've got something like dead to rights. Like, I, you know, through my multi channel network, I have a license for uh, a music library. And I've, you know, posted videos with a song and some third party that just kind of searches YouTube looking for things to, to ding people on has claimed it. And I said, no, 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 I have the rights. And so sometimes, sometimes it's easier than others to, 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 to win a claim like that. Um, but yeah, it's basically yeah. Best case scenario is you don't get your stuff monetized. Worst case scenario is uh, they can put a copyright strike or they can put a strike on your channel. And the first strike, which is all I know because I've never gone beyond that, is they put a cap on how long your videos can be. It's 15 minutes, and then you also can't monetize anything on your channel. And the strike lasts for you know 30 or 60 days. Uh, unless you can appeal it, um, but if you just let it ride out, it eventually goes away. So you don't like keep the strikes forever. Um, so you can have one strike, let it go away, get one again, go away. But like over time, over the three years I've been doing this show, I've learned, you know, how to avoid getting dinged for it. And again, it all comes down to just the way you you use it. And so over time, I've used more and more still graphics and stuff in After Effects, like graphic stuff that I've made myself that isn't copyrighted video. Um, so I've just been able to pepper that in more and I use, um, you know, I use more still images. You know, like, like I said, don't use the uninterrupted 30 second clip, but instead they break it up, you know, and put it in a different order. Don't do it all in sequence. You just have to kind of like, in a way it's kind of like, I feel like I'm almost bending the rules by doing that, but I don't think I am because that's what fair use is all about. It protects reviewers and critics from do it from uh, from being punished for doing that by the co- by the copyright owners um so it's it's just a way of like it's just something i've learned over time like oh this works and this works and so now i'm able to do a 20 minute video on something that wwe did but the way i'm editing it and the way it's all working out is that it's it's it's, it's, it's free and clear essentially sure Sure. And, and I, I tell people all the time, you know, you, you just need to be careful about copyright material as, you know, what you're doing, commentating on, you know, the the wrestling world and, and doing things like you do. Your show's different than like what a, what some people do is blatantly rip off some, you know, content from somebody else and just re-upload it. You know, that's completely different than like what you do. And like you said, once you get multiple copyright strikes on your channel, you know, you do you know, have the risk of losing your channel altogether. So, you know, make sure that when you're creating that content, guys, that you're looking at the fair use rules and regulations within YouTube and understand what the copyright laws are and understand that, yeah, you, you your video may be flagged. You may be uh, cut off for monetization for, you know, a couple months if that's, you know, the amount of strikes that you get on your channel. So be careful with that and make sure you're reading up online. You can just Google YouTube copyright rules, things like that. Make sure you're well-versed on that stuff because it's important 
when trying to grow a channel that you don't get banned uh, by creating uh, content that is indeed yours. Uh, and there's a lot of times they make mistakes and they'll flag a video like they flagged a couple of mine and I just have to send in uh, a form showing that, hey, I do own, own this content and it's not copyrighted material. So there's definitely ways and strategies like what Brian's talking about to get out of it and to kind of work around it. Uh, and, and there's definitely more ways than, than what we've discussed here. And again, you can probably find those online. Now, Brian, what is something that you wish you, uh, someone had told you when you first started out on YouTube? Um, gosh, what do I wish someone had told me when I first started out? Well, first of all, the copyright thing, that would have been nice because a lot of my earlier videos, <laughs> I, can't, you know, I can't make money off of because of the rules, because uh, of the ways and means about video production for YouTube that I didn't know at the time. Um, gosh, as far as that, uh, anything else, I guess it would be to you know, be patient because, you know, when I first did my channel, I didn't expect to be like a huge name. Again, I was just kind of doing this for fun and for me. Um, but it did take a long time to my channel to get where it was because it took me about two years to reach 2000 subscribers. And I actually remember it was funny. I have my, on my time hop app, like a couple weeks ago, I was looking at it. it was me celebrating a year ago saying, Oh man, I finally hit a thousand subscribers. And like, that was a big deal to me. And then like, Shortly after I signed with Screenwave Media, my multi-channel network I work with, and I don't know how much of it was them, how much of it was like the timing of some popular videos that I was coming out with at the time, but like all of a sudden, just like whoosh, like my subscriber base uh, exploded, and um, it was just a really weird thing to see is to see like what I was doing and how hard I was working just to get 2000 subscribers for a period of time. I was hitting that like once every, you know, day or so, you know, I was hitting that mark. I was getting 2000 subscribers like every couple of days. Um, so yeah, I guess patience is the thing. Cause I mean, if you, if you go on YouTube, I think people who, who create regular content on YouTube deep down are kind are kind of like marks for themselves. They're kind of like they, 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 they're, they're kind of fans of their own work <laughs> in a way. And not to sound like, Oh, you're being egomaniacal. I think it's just, you, you have a vision, you have a goal and you want to like project that you want to show the world what you can do. Um, so when you're, when you're spamming your friends, Facebook feeds with like your stuff, you know, you're, it's just, it's the same way as trying to make it like as an actor or a musician. You're just kind of plugging your stuff all the time and you hope for it to finally find a hook with someone. And sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, but for me, yeah, it took like two years to finally like get a decent following. So I'd say just be patient. Patience is extremely important and not getting caught up with the numbers. As I say uh, on this show almost every week, you know, patience is a virtue. And I promise you guys, if you're patient and you create good, valuable content, you will grow. And a lot of times, like Brian said, it may just take something like whether it's with him joining the MCN or uh, the, some a couple viral videos that he created. It just takes a small boost for people to uh, to to gain trust for what you're doing and knowing that you're going to be consistent and they're going to want to watch your content. Uh, I know for me, it was a couple videos that I released and it shot me up. And like Brian said, I was getting, you know, hundreds of subscribers a day, which was completely different than I went when I first started. So be patient as, as soon as you create that content, don't expect it to explode, you know, unless you're already a name out there on the internet and just be patient and, and in time it will come. Now, are there any YouTube tools that you could recommend as far as hardware or software that you use on a weekly basis that you just could not live without? Like things, well, uh, exp uh, could you elaborate on that question? Like 
specific equipment that you may use, software that you use, editing software that you use, a process that you may do in creating your videos that would be helpful for the listeners as far as something they might could utilize? Well, I mean, for editing, I use Adobe Creative Suite slash Creative Cloud. Um, that's very helpful. I used to use Final Cut Pro um, back before they really overhauled the format of it, and then it kind of became something I couldn't even comprehend. So I made the switch over to Adobe, which is what I use uh, in my 9 to 5, so it's something I'm already accustomed to. Um, and that's a great great programs, great, great software for, um, for video editing. And like, cause you can do so many different things with it creatively. Um, you know, and when I first started my show, my camera was like an $80 JVC Averio where you can only turn it on by opening the viewfinder on the side. And that worked for a while, but, uh, you know, it's the video quality. If you watch my older videos, you can see it's just kind of like really lousy picture quality, uh, really bad for, you know, something that's only a couple of years old. So then I, out of necessity, I upgraded to a DSLR, which has been really good for me in the last uh, year or so I've been using it. Um, and, you know, microphones, you can't really go wrong with mics. I've still yet to fully master the microphone for me because I have um, a shotgun mic attached to my, my uh, DSLR. Uh, it doesn't sound quite as good as the, wire, as the uh, lav mics I've used, but i've had bad luck with love mics so i have to stick with a shotgun for now so um but yeah i mean i think it's just the more you invest in yourself the more you get out of it you 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 get out what you put in essentially is what i've learned doing this show absolutely i completely agree with that sometimes you have to spend money to make money that's just the way that it is in business uh and it works the same way and applies to the youtube world as well now, let me ask you this, Brian, if you could give one piece of advice, aside from being patient, to emerging YouTubers or someone who's looking to create a YouTube channel, what would that be? You have to find a niche, honestly. Like The reason I think my channel has done so well for itself is because even to this day, I'm one of the few people on YouTube who talks about wrestling the way that I do. Um, off, you know, on one hand, I can name a couple other people. Uh, I can that there's Spoonie, but that's not his wrestling's not his like main thing. He talks about a bunch of other stuff. Uh, there's What Culture. They're uh, but they're part of a media corporation. They're like a, they're a wrestling division of a media corporation, kind of like you know BuzzFeed or Bleacher Report or something like that. So they have like the 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 backing, so to speak. There's one arm of that. Um, there's the whole effing show, like. You know, they have production value as well. So there's a very small core of people who do what I do. So, you know, and I'm not, you know, I think every, no matter what medium you talk about or what you do, there's going, there's got to be some kind of niche that's still unexploited that you can, that you can find and you can, and work to your advantage. Um, and like I said, my style is not necessarily original, but the topic mix of that style is uh, relatively so it's just about finding what's not being done and trying to do it and seeing and, and seeing if it works and so not only that finding a niche but also you have to be consistent like you said um is just have to be putting out a lot of stuff 
over a long period of time if you want to be successful. Right. So finding that space or that niche that you're passionate about and just doing it well. And I completely agree with what you're saying. Once you find your space, number one, when you're passionate about something, it's going to come through the microphone. It's going to come through the video. People are going to realize that, hey, this person is passionate about this. They're consistent with creating the content. Uh, I would definitely agree with that advice. Uh, let me ask you this. What is next for your YouTube channel as far as you you know, creating? You know, I know you're doing the new cooking show and things like that. What do you see coming next for your channel? You know, it's, <laughs> I, I, I get that question a lot. And I don't really know the answer to that. It's just kind of like I want to keep doing what I'm doing, but at the same time, always keep trying to find ways to diversify. Um, for example, I plan on starting doing a live streaming for video, like wrestling video games. Um, and doing those live and having an audience and everything. Like I'm actually every once in a while, because I'm a one man band, I get burned out every so often. I have to take breaks from doing my long form stuff. So like what I'm doing after this month is I'm going to be taking a, a couple of month break, but I'm not going to be stopping making content because I know creating content is key to keep your, keeping your channel alive. So I'll be doing shorter videos and I'll be doing live streams. So the live streams are, are new to me and I'll be new to the channel. So there's that. And, um, I do want to work more with prominent people on YouTube and prominent people in the wrestling business because it's, um, you know, I think what I like my show to be, if anyone's seen my show and have seen the cameos I've had with people in the wrestling business, you know, I try and get them to do things that necessarily they wouldn't, they wouldn't always do. So I want, it's kind of like when you see a serious actor on SNL doing something funny, you know, I always want when I get someone in the wrestling business on my show, I want them to do something that's out of their comfort zone or something they wouldn't normally be seen on doing on TV. So I want wrestling with regret to keep doing what it's doing, but at the same time also be kind of a home for wrestlers to kind of come on the show, assuming there's availability and all the stars align and just do something that's like fun and memorable. Awesome. That's fantastic. And then on the, the backside of that question, what do you see as far as YouTube as a medium? Where do you see YouTube going in the future? Ooh, that's that's a that's a tough one because I mean I haven't really thought about it, but I mean YouTube is so it's become so accessible now, not just in the terms of like creating content, but just in terms of viewing it because now, you know, computers and technology have kind of caught up with the YouTube technology, um, and YouTube's continuing to evolve and finding different ways to expand like they're doing the music thing and they have YouTube Red and with YouTube Red comes exclusive content, so I mean. I almost see it becoming a thing kind of like Netflix almost in a way where it's just, it, it, you can, it, 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 I mean, I don't know if it's going to go exclusively to pay. I think that'd be outrageous if they did that, but I do see them having a lot more like YouTube produced original content, like series that you might have to pay for kind of like what Amazon is doing and things like that. I mean, I see it going that direction. If it haven't, it hasn't already. I'm not paying too close attention to it, obviously, uh, but it's, you know, I do think YouTube, it's going to, it's already changed the way we watch television and movies. Um, so, I mean, I definitely see it kind of uh, becoming, I don't know how much further it can go. Cause I mean, I don't really, see, I mean, I don't know where technology is going to be in five, 10 years, but I mean, I know wherever technology is going, as far as TV watching, YouTube is going to be there. Absolutely. If that makes any sense. No, it does. I completely agree with you. Uh, one of the last questions that I want to ask is this. What do you think your strengths and weaknesses are as a content creator? Um, well, you know, I think my strengths is, again, I think it's just my 
it, it's it's my my uniqueness of the topic that I t- that I talk about or the, the you know what I do with the genre. I think my strengths are uh, my writing. It's gotten a lot stronger since I started. Uh, my writing's gotten a lot tighter, in my opinion, and, and just more you know better with jokes. <laughs> you know, um, and I think yeah, my strengths is just my my production value and what I bring to it because again, I have that TV production background. Um, also I think I'm, I consider myself relatively accessible, uh, to viewers. You know, I, I think one of the, the issues with the, the bigger YouTube channels is that they kind of, uh, shut out their audience. Like they won't write back to comments or things on Facebook messenger, uh, which I try and do as often as I can. Uh, but it's also one of my weaknesses. Sometimes I fall prey to the, you know, the trolls and stuff like that. And that's just me. Cause, uh, I'm a sensitive soul at times, but um, it's not even like the the hateful comments or the contrarian comments. It's the ones that just say things that are objectively wrong. <laughs> like sometimes I'll put, I'll, you know, lately I, I've been reposting older videos that have been blocked due to copyright, and there's often so I would re-edit them to make it fit the, you know, so it doesn't get flagged. Re-upload them just so I can complete the collection, and people will say, oh, when are you going to make new content? I'm like, I just made, I just had a week where I made five videos in a single week. Like, what are you talking about making new? Yeah, don't, don't tell me that I don't make new content. And so something that gets my goat because it's a matter of pride. Like, how dare he say I don't make new content? And so I kind of get goaded into that. And I've been learning to try and put it all in perspective. But, yeah, I think that's one of my weaknesses. Like, I can get goaded pretty easily if uh, they strike the right chord. But um, Yeah, you just sometimes, sometimes you just have to just turn the other way. I mean, you have to understand that those people typing those comments are probably in a basement somewhere living, you know, it's just, it's a situation to where you just have to put it in perspective of they have nothing better to do than to critique, you know, which I'm, I'm completely okay with, with any content I create, I'm okay with constructive criticism. There's a, there's a big difference in constructive criticism and trolling, a complete and utter difference. And people have to understand that you should be willing to accept the constructive criticism. It's just the the name calling and, and the utter disrespect of people sometimes in the comments section that just baffles me. But a lot of times I just completely skip over their comment and just move on to the next one. Right. And I think my other weakness is the fact that I do produce things all by myself. And so like it comes to that point where I have to take breaks because I get burned out. But like that's kind of like the kiss of death with YouTube because if you don't make content for a while, you know, you're done essentially. Um, people kind of forget about you. So it's one of those things where I have to kind of like keep the balance between, you know, being a good husband and father and having time with them and also having time to do my show. Uh, so I think it's going to get to the point where I have to hire some friends to help write for me just so I can, you know, uh, sleep easier. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Brian, I appreciate you coming on the show. Where can people find you on the internet? Well, of course there's wrestling with regret on YouTube and regret is spelled the W at the beginning. Cause I love alliterations and, um, my Twitter handle is at Z-Man Brian Zane. And you can also find me on Facebook, uh, and the Facebook page is also called Wrestling With Regret. Sweet. And I'll have as many of those links as possible in the show notes after this episode releases. And, uh, Brian, I really appreciate you coming on the show and, and keep on recording those funny videos. And, uh, I, like I said, uh, we'll uh, talk to you later. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, Brian. You've been listening to the YouTube Creators Podcast. We want to thank you and invite you to subscribe to the show, as well as support us on Patreon for great perks, such as having your YouTube channel featured on the show and a link on our website. Until next time, keep uploading those videos.